first of the year, you can always count on Linus to come through <laughs> with the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Uh, Linus just read, as he does every year, uh, from Luke chapter 2. Pastor Rick read earlier from Luke chapter 1. Uh, Linus tells us the shepherd's account. Uh, what a strange night that must have been for the shepherds. You know, if you just imagine you're one of them. Shepherds are basically professional campers at this time. They, they live out in the field with their sheep. And, uh, you know, they're out there. There's no city lights. There's no highway in the distance. It's just them and their, their sheep. And then, bam, all of a sudden, a messenger from God, an angel of the Lord. We don't really have any idea what that looked like. Uh, what we do know is that Luke says, the glory of the Lord shone around them. Uh, I don't know about you, but that's an unusual night for me. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen very often. This angel shows up, not a typical night in the country. And he says in Luke chapter 2, it says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And the angel gave them the news. The Savior is born. God's Savior, come to reconcile what has gone wrong in humanity, is born. And it says that a great company of heavenly hosts appeared singing praise to God. Uh, I don't know what a great company of heavenly hosts looks like, but I bet it was unusual. I bet it was something that they don't often see. Luke also records, as Pastor Rick read, Mary's experience of this event. Uh, an angel named Gabriel comes and shows up and says, Mary, good news. You have been chosen to give birth to and raise the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Not surprisingly, in verse 29 of Luke 1, it says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Uh, no kidding. Uh, that's a strange night. Verse 30 says, but the angel said to her again, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. God's messenger shows up to Mary, shows up to the shepherds, and reminds them both of something that was actually foretold about 630 years earlier that's recorded in the book of Isaiah, that the virgin would conceive and give birth to the Savior of the world. So Mary's story is pretty familiar in our culture, and the shepherd's story is familiar, if for no other reason than Linus tells us about it every day, but every year. But what about Joseph? I mean, what about Joe, right? Of all the people that's having a weird experience, how about Joseph? Uh, he's engaged or betrothed, if you will, which is, is like a public announcement of their engagement. And Mary comes to him and says, hey, Joe, um, I'm pregnant. Do not be afraid. <laughs> it's from God, not from another man. That's an unusual, that's an unusual circumstance. Uh, it's a miraculous conception, Joseph. Don't even worry about it. What are you going to do with that if you're Joseph? What are you going to do with that information? You had in mind that everything was great, right? Joseph's young. Uh, he's got this budding career in a, as a tradesman going on. He's engaged to his sweetheart. I'd say things are going pretty good for Joseph right now. And then all of a sudden, bam, this piece of information. I'm, I have conceived supernaturally. Matthew actually records Joseph's experience of this situation, what he was thinking, what he was feeling. Matthew 1.19, it says... Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, the law at that time would have basically required him to uh, hold her up to public shame and separate himself from her. 
He did not want to expose her to public disgrace, so he had in mind, he had in, in mind, he had decided to divorce her quietly. Joseph doesn't believe the story of the Immaculate Conception, uh, but he's a good man. And he realizes Mary's brought some shame on herself, and, and he really doesn't need to make, it, make a spectacle out of it. Probably, if I crawl into Joseph's head, he's probably just so hurt by the situation that he just wants to de- get it out of the way and move on. That's, that's where I think he's probably at. It doesn't say that, but that's, that's my guess. He's decided to move in a different direction. He has in mind to divorce her quietly. He just reached the logical conclusion of the circumstances. Our relationship is over. I am moving on. His plans for the future are crushed, and his decision is taking him in a particular direction toward a divorce, but God had other plans for him. Verse 20 in Matthew 1, it says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. There it is again. Do not be afraid. Did you know that the most commonly given instruction, directive in the Bible is do not be afraid? Over 150 times, some variation of that phrase appears. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Uh, More than any of the other do's or don'ts that you might think of when you think of the Bible, that's the one that God says. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph had a plan based on how bad this situation had gotten, but God had another plan based on things that Joseph couldn't see. Go figure, if there's a God, he probably knows stuff that I don't know, right? Quite frankly, Joseph just couldn't see all the things that God could see. Joseph had rushed to a conclusion while God was still writing the story. The story was still in progress. So when Joseph is confronted with the choice, to his credit, the choice between doing what he had in mind to do and what God had in mind, to his credit, Joseph chose to live by faith. Four times in the Bible, it's in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, you see this phrase, the just shall live by faith. Those who are right with God, those who have asked God, Lord, forgive me of my sin, the things that separate me from you, those who've come under the umbrella of God's grace, they live by faith in God. And the choice confronting Joseph right there that day is really no different than the choice that confronts us every day. The choice to live by faith, reacting to what we see, or to live, the choice to, I'm sorry, the choice to live by sight, reacting to what we see, or to live by faith, trusting in God for what we cannot see. And the invitation that Christmas presents to every one of us, every year, really every day, is the invitation to believe that God is writing a better story, that God is doing new things, no matter what the circumstance says, to believe that God is still at work. Of course, Jesus would grow up, and later on as an adult, he would say to a group of his followers in Matthew chapter 7 that if you, if you hear my words, if you hear about me and you build your life on it, your life will be built on a solid foundation that will hold up for you no matter how bad the situation looks. You think about it this way. If you walk by sight and the darkness comes, you're lost. If you walk by faith and the darkness comes, you don't lose your way. If your life is on a solid foundation and the storm comes, the house won't fall. 
So I want to invite you right now to build your life on the foundation of Christ. Um, our kids are going to come up here in just one moment. In fact, if you guys want to make your way on up, they're going to sing Joy to the World. And uh, this is always a really cute and fun part, but, but I want to invite you to do something while we're singing this. You know the words to this song, right? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. The next line of that song is, let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him room. And is there up here being cute? And we're singing, some of us. I want to encourage you to prepare room for Jesus in your heart. So as we get ready to do that, um, I just want to give you one piece of parenting advice. I heard another pastor say uh, that uh, someone told him the story about his kids acting up at Christmas time. So what he did was he took some empty packages and wrapped them up. And every time his kids got out of control, he threw one of them in the fireplace. So, so you can think about that. Uh, I would say if you would like to get pictures and you want to move on up and get them, just come on up and do that while they're singing. Um, but do this for me. As we sing, consider, have you made room for Jesus in your heart? I just want to challenge you to make that, that choice today for the first time or the 10,000th time. Because there's a God who loves you. He saw the state of the world. And he sent his son to find you. All right. Are we ready?